Welcome to the Other World's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 42. I am Table for Two, and I am joined today by Mellified. How's it going, brother? Hey, man. It is going well. It's uh, the American Thanksgiving weekend here. Um, been eating lots of uh, ham is the tradition in our family. Nobody loves turkey enough to um, have it for Thanksgiving, and it makes you sleepy. So we enjoy a nice honey ham uh, spiral cut from Costco every year, and uh, it was delicious. Nice. Some mashed potatoes, stuffing, the whole nine yards. So, Yeah, we, uh, we had... Uh... No, there was a group of us that really couldn't be with family this year, uh, some of my coworkers and friends, and so we had like a like a Friendsgiving get-together, and uh, there's probably about seven of us. Uh, someone's, I guess, yeah, and someone's, uh, someone did have their mom uh, come into town to visit, so she came over, and mm. so that was fun. So there was, there was like about seven of us that hung out, and we did, we did like the whole, we had the whole spang, you know, we had both... Uh, sweet potatoes and regular mashed potatoes. We had, mm. you know, the green bean casserole, which is a, one of my favorites. Uh, we had, we did have turkey for those who liked it, and we had pork loin, and mm. it was kind of like, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it's it's the it's the standard, you know, American Thanksgiving where you're like you have enough food for the rest of the week afterwards. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you make you make so much, you've got tons of leftovers. Absolutely. Um, you know, so it was uh it was a pretty good time and you know, we ended up uh hanging out afterwards and playing a couple of board games. We ended up playing um uh Monopoly Deal mm. which is like a card game version of Monopoly. So it takes it, it, it takes all of the like money management, house management, uh dice rolling, you know, uh, don't pass go, don't collect two hundred dollars crap out. Mm. And kind of turns it into a more fast-paced strategic card game, uh, hmm. but it still has all the "I'm gonna hate you when we're done playing this" elements to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's got and and actually, I, even though it's got that frustration level to it, still it's a different kind of frustration level because it's like the the strategies are all different, and it's it's kind of like a standard card game where it's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your thing and I'm gonna apply it to my thing, and now now you can't steal it back and. It's just all this kind of, I don't know, it was very interesting. It was a very different version of Monopoly, and I, and I actually would play that, because I don't, I refuse to play Monopoly, but I will play, okay. the, I will play this card game, uh, like, with anybody. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, we, we play a lot of Uno in the family, it seems like. That's kind of our go-to, and <clears throat> it has that same element of, oh my god, I never want to talk to you again by the end of the game you know somebody just keeps playing plus fours on you or uh right you know things like that and skip, it gets skipping gets... reverses so you never yes. get a chance to oh. play anything yeah 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 yes and then uh and then after we had that that fun we played uh we decided we needed to be a little bit more cooperative so we played the captain is dead and mm. so that's a that's a cooperative board game so it's like everybody versus the board and you're working together and uh we st we we didn't manage we didn't manage to survive but uh it was still a pretty good time so uh good good times on the old thanksgiving get together so nice one of my one of my great regrets uh with covid is losing my board game sort of uh opportunities um previous to covid i was traveling a lot and so uh there were a couple local you know meet 
uh, meetups for board games that I never quite got to because I had other obligations or I was traveling. And then uh, I finally got to stop traveling and then COVID hit. So uh, I, I am hoping to get back into doing, I love board games. It's just nobody else in my family is a huge fan. And so uh, I, I definitely need to find a good group to play with locally. Yeah, and well, thanks to, you know, some also technology, you can do some digital board gaming. So some companies mm -hmm. have been putting out digital versions of board games, but there's also the uh, tabletop simulator, which has a really strong community. So maybe we can look into doing something like that on a, like a community night. We'll get together and do like a virtual yeah. board game. So that'd be, that'd be We did try Gloomhaven Digital, you and I, and holy crap, was that hard. And I went back and played through all the tutorials and still tried to do that one starter mission we were trying and still was getting my ass kicked bad. Like, oh my God, I just finished the first room finally. And I realized there were two more rooms after the first room and my guys were basically dead. And I'm just like, okay, I, I table flip. <laughs> like I'm yeah. out. I, you know, that's the great thing oh. about tabletop simulators. They actually have the table flip button. So like, you know, at the end of the, at the, end of the night, you're just like, screw this game. You can hit the table flip button and it, all that's the pieces great. go flying everywhere. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's spectacular. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Well, let's get on into the news, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have so much news. I don't know what happened. Usually, I feel like in the, in the um, you know, lead up to Christmas, we have, you know, game release news and delays, right? Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. a decent number of delays, but we have a ton of free updates. I don't know what, I guess maybe this is the new trend, right? Is everybody updates their games to try and get them you know, back on the radar for the Christmas and, shopping season. And then, then I also feel like too, that people are, are bored waiting. So the modding community is like back at it again, doing some really cool stuff as well. So it's like, you know, that's making a lot of news because people are getting into the modding stuff a little bit more. It's mm -hmm. not that modding went away. It's just like, it's becoming more prevalent because they're, some of them are getting really good and really popular. So, um, speaking of which, um, there's a mod that lets you treat Skyrim Anniversary Edition like a pick-and-choose buffet. So, um, elaborate a little bit on this one for me, Mel. Yeah, so, uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition came out recently. This is the update to the Skyrim Special Edition, which came out five years ago. And part of the Special Edition was the Creator Club, which was Bethesda-approved paid mod content that is exclusive to the creator club. And so what anniversary edition did is they took all of that paid content and added it to the base game for a, I think $15, $20 upgrade. And so you've got, you know, what, what used to be 40, 60, a hundred dollars worth of modded content for Skyrim special edition now as part of this anniversary edition. But the downside is you get all of it. You get, you know, whether you want it or not, you get all the armor, all the backpacks, all of the horse uh, 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 additions. You get fishing, you get all this stuff, and you kind of can't uh, maybe add the things that you're excited about and leave out the things you don't like. And so this mod basically allows you to do that. And I think that's a really nice option for people. The one downside is, of course, you can't do achievements with mods in Skyrim. If you put any basically any mod in the game, it disables achievements. So I've I had started a pure playthrough 
uh, with just the anniversary edition recently, and I need to get back to it. Uh, but I wanted to get through it to do some of the achievements. So nice. Let's see. Uh, no Man's Sky uh, has their expeditions return uh, coming back. So the the part of their expeditions thing was a, a fun little add on that they added to where you could actually because they partnered with. Um, EA essentially for Mass Effect, so that way you could actually unlock uh, Mass Effect's Normandy SR1 as one of the what was that one of the frigates as part of your fleet with yeah. the carrier stuff that the carrier fleet mechanic as part of No Man's Sky. So, so you they, can't fly it. You can't fly it, but you can yeah. you know you can have it as part of your fleet. And so right. it was a it was a short time kind of thing, and they they brought it back so uh, you can have another chance to get it if you didn't get it before. So that's a that's, yeah, that's and- cool. If I remember correctly, when I looked at this story, they were talking about it through the end of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So there are um, a handful of these have already started. They run for about two weeks, it looks like, uh, and through actually my birthday in January, January 9th. So um, please don't steal my identity. Uh, yeah, so you might want to check this out if uh, if this is interesting to you. Certainly the Normandy looked really interesting, and I... I have this love-hate thing with with No Man's Sky because it's so content-rich at this point. It's a little overwhelming, and not everything is sort of perfectly integrated into the game mechanics, I feel like. So uh, it's a little intimidating to come back to if you haven't been playing for a while. But um, So I didn't do this last time, but I might get off my butt and try and get myself a uh, SR1 Normandy. Very nice. so Sims 4 is basically its own ecosystem at this point. <laughs> um, they release, I think, three to four $40 DLCs for The Sims every year and have been for several years now. There's, you know, well, it got to be well over $1,000 uh, of, of DLC for the game at this point. And... There's a new feature coming at the end of this month in a few days from from when we're recording this where you can get involved in your neighbor's lives and and sort of meddle and create what are what EA is calling neighborhood stories. So it basically allows you to go in and like make changes to their life of the life of your neighbors in the game. Um, which just, you know, basically expanding the sort of digital dollhouse experience that is The Sims. But I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting feature to throw out there. Indeed. Um, Hitman 3 is getting a major update with uh, an announcement that they are doing a year two season pass. So they're going to be having new maps, modes, content uh, through next year as a paid add-on. Um, Agent 47, the, the namesake of the Hitman series, uh, has had a very long career, but I feel like when they re rebooted the series with Hitman one a few years ago, uh, they've really been doing a lot of great things with this franchise. Um, if you own Hitman one, Hitman two and Hitman three, all on the same platform, for example, you can play all of the Hitman 1 content in the Hitman 3 engine. 
and that gets you all the new fe well many of the new features of Hitman 3 back in the old content which is just something we don't see very often uh where developers spend the time and effort to do stuff like that so i really give a lot of credit to uh IO Interactive for for you know making this uh, a really compelling essentially Hitman platform or ecosystem these days so it's really cool Yes, indeedy. Uh, let's see here. Battlefield 2042 player makes wingsuit course out of rings of uh, parachuting bots. Now, that's interesting. So the fun thing about Battlefield 2042 is they've got like that kind of uh, creator thing. Forge. That you, yeah, that's similar to Forge. Um, and so people are already starting to make some really interesting stuff with this. So one of the things that I complained about recently in our Discord server was is like so many of the new modern games have really terrible menu UIs in that uh I'm I'm just surprised that this guy was able to navigate that to even build something. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I think uh when when we were discussing that topic, I brought up a story a friend of mine told me. He worked at uh Interplay Black Isle when they were doing Coder 2, um, which Coder 1 was made by BioWare, but Coder 2 was made by Black Isle. And so the Black Isle guys had to use all the tools and kind of framework of the game that BioWare had done. And he shared with me that the two founders of BioWare were both computer science PhDs. So they were very uh, interested in theory and computing, you know, advancing the state of computing and algorithms and all these kind of highfalutin concepts. And they felt like doing UI work was sort of pedestrian and, and beneath them. So they would hire interns to uh, do all of their UI work. And, you know, it was basically Jimmy's first, you know, uh, real software project was the, the UI for some of these big Bioware games. And I, I got to think that's why some of them are, seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over and over, right? Because they just aren't given uh, enough time and attention. So, um, yeah, I, I, I am wondering why that's still the case 15, 20 years later. But uh, I, I suspect it's the same same idea, right? No one, No one went to work at dice to be the ui guy right everybody wants to work on game engine and game cool game stuff not the boring ui so they probably give it to the low man on the totem pole but i'm excited to see what people can do with forge the battlefield games have a history of kind of coming out rough and getting better over time i think battlefield 4 is a fantastic example of that it was buggy as all get out when it first came out uh, crashed all the time. Conquest mode, I remember it was almost impossible to finish a, a conquest mode a lot of times because the game would crash the server. Uh, but they did, you know, to their credit, get it all fixed. And the game, you know, we we were playing for several months and quite enjoying going back to it. So I do have some hope for, for 2042. Yeah, I do uh, as well, yeah. Uh, the mod for restoring Wolfenstein enemy territory single player is now out. You can get it from ModDB or uh, on Steam if you happen to have Return to Castle Wolfenstein on Steam. It is not available now, if I remember correctly. No, 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 I'm sorry. Take that back. It's Wolfenstein 
which confusingly is the sequel to Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, but uh, you can download this mod and basically put all that, that single-player experience back. It's done by the real uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein team uh, or developers for that mod, so um, good pedigree there. Um, GTA Trilogy's been having some issues, huh? We talked a little bit about this last show. Oh, boy, howdy. Uh, I mean... This is good on them. This is a good st- this is a good step forward, I guess, but I already own the originals via like Steam and some of this other stuff and I can mod it, I can mod the heck out of the originals, so I feel like I have zero incentive to even buy this even though they're going to give me the originals for, as like a free like add-on. So like Rockstar mm. apologized for their GTA trilogy issues and then they make the old versions available again on the PC, but like if you've already got the old versions and you wanted their new remake, it's not it's it's kind of pointless. It's just for P, for 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 newbies to this, for maybe new players, this is great. But for 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 veterans like myself, this is kind of like um like an um what what am I looking for here? Just kind of like a a useless gesture, you know, to me. Mm. So um, cause I mean, I have, I have copies as, as a, as a fan of these games and have been playing them since they first came out, I've already got physical copies on like my original Xbox or PlayStation two or on steam when they released them on steam forever ago. So, I mean, good on you for recognizing this Rockstar and, and giving those who maybe have never played them before the originals to actually play with and have fun with, but you know, fix your game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it uh it, it's it's baffling to me how they could release the game in this state. You know, we talked about last time uh 2 weeks ago about the raindrops being so thick that you couldn't actually see to drive, which just seems like if no clearly nobody play tested that, right? Or they just didn't care. Um which sure. is really just Sure. No, I'm just saying it sure it sure seems like it. That's you know, so yeah. Yeah, well and, and to charge sixty dollars for these three games as a definitive edition, you should have put some effort into it, guys. Like there's just no excuse. Um and I think gamers have made that, you know, very clear and so they're they're doing the right thing, like you say, but it's a shame that it, it launched the way it did. Um hopefully though our our next story uh Star Wars the Old Republic expansion Legacy of the Sith is coming out on December 14th and hopefully it'll be uh in a little bit better shape. I think there's some uh really exciting uh things going on with with Swodor Swodor yeah, Swodor. I actually loaded it up the other day uh to check things out and and played through a couple a couple of stuff I hadn't played through yet. I've I've always been kind of a fan of this. Um I think they 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 launched it in a very hopeful state. Um but as you as people were playing through it, it was one of those games where like this is a great single player game, but the multiplayer gets in the way or the MMO gets in the way. And then on the other hand, there it's a great MMO game, but like the single player stuff gets in the way. And I think they finally have flushed it out in a way to where like you can play this almost completely single player without any of the MMO stuff getting in your way. And then if mm. you want to go and do the MMO stuff, it's there for you to enjoy. So I feel like they've really done a great job of of navigating that and kind of flipping it to where it's just like, 
you know, because there was certain stuff like you had to go party up with people to go do it or else you wouldn't be able to do it. And then trying to find the right people to do it with or maybe certain people weren't running that that day because people were trying to grind some other thing like, you know, it so. So it gives you the best of both worlds, I feel like now. And the fact that under under Disney's banner, this game still exists is uh, is is good. I think, you know, this is the only thing out there that is being actively produced that is technically legends canon. Uh a lot of the stuff out in in this is is more from like the legends side of thing rather than what you want to call it like new 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 lore or whatever it is that Disney's been doing. So right. right. I know that they've been considering incorporating this into the new stuff because it takes place so long ago, but um it's just nice to see that there's something from the old that's still being actively uh worked on, so yeah, and we'll see. We have a story a little bit later talking about the um, setting for the uh, for the new rumored uh, game from Quantic Dream is going to be set in the High Republic era. Um, so it does suggest that perhaps Disney is is kind of branching out into into that time period within the Star Wars universe as a way to kind of freshen up the, yeah, the it, franchise. It, it goes back about how what is it like 400 years? So it doesn't quite go back um as far as the old republic stuff, but um you know, it it is going back. So, that's for sure. Yeah, well, to a time when you had more Jedi running around, you had more Sith running around, which I think creates a space for more interesting stories. It's not just Luke and Vader and and the Emperor, you know. Right. Right, for sure. So, well, cool. What else we got going on here? Um, got some more news about Total War Warhammer Three, which is coming out uh next year, early next year, I believe. Uh, the Chaos God Nurgle is being prominently featured alongside the other Chaos Gods, and they did a uh kind of preview trailer of what that would look like in the new game. So that's kind of fun. Um, we also got the announcement of a really strange game, I feel like, at least, where you're going to have Anya Stark from Game of Thrones uh, stabbing Bugs Bunny because they are both Warner Brothers properties, and Warner Brothers has decided to do a multi-franchise you know, franchise, uh, Smash Brothers kind of clone uh, when you have characters like Shaggy, you've got Bugs Bunny, Batman, aka Bruce Wayne, you've got um uh Tom and Jerry, the cat, Tom. Uh just I mean, just like a weird mishmash of characters from from all of Warner Brothers stuff. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that develops. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um so New Worlds, uh, Amazon's uh, new MMO, has their first major update and it adds new weapons, enemies, PvP options, and a novel's worth of minor tweaks. Um, so if you are into New Worlds, there you go. Very nice. Uh, Minecraft's Caves and Cliffs Part 2 update is launching uh, now and probably once you hear this at least, and it has with it huge world generation changes, 
in order to make more interesting caves, more interesting landscapes. And so uh, really, a lot of people are really excited about this. Um, I think that it is a bit unfortunate they had to delay some of the features, though. Archaeology, uh, goat horns, and backpack-like bundles were some of the features that have been kind of put on the back burner, they have said, so they could focus on the world generation stuff. So hopefully that uh, is as exciting as it sounds like. Ben, um, so the new Saints Row game uh, that was announced recently has now been delayed till August of 2022. It got a really big backlash because people felt like it was just too big a departure. I don't quite understand why they wanted to to use the Saints Row name. I know it's hard to launch new IP versus you know doing a sequel but it's so far different from you know sort of the gta gangster uh world where saint Row started i don't understand why they didn't call it something different that said um hopefully the game is good and these delays are uh resulting in a better product in the end no doubt uh terraria and don't starve together will cross over this month Ooh, that sounds like an interesting bit of fun yeah it's funny because terraria they said they were done doing updates to the game like a year and a half ago and yet they still keep adding more stuff and doing more stuff um so this was the latest of that don't starve together has been a surprising success at least in certain circles you know it's kind of a 2d um animation style game where it, just, where it looks very cartoony. It's 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 interesting. It's not a bad game. It just doesn't hold my attention. You know, it just doesn't Yeah. I'm with you. But um I know people who love it and so I think this is where they're trying to appeal uh to those folks. We also got uh news of Maneater has a free update for PS5 and Xbox Series X, which adds ray tracing, and um, it looks pretty impressive. I mean, this is a game that's very focused on water, and one of the things that ray tracing does is gives you kind of the reflections in water that that look more realistic. So it really does uh, serve the game well. And if you already have it, at least you can, and you manage to get a PS5 or Xbox Series X, then you can uh, enjoy these new new visual upgrades. Very nice. Um, another big update: uh, Outriders got a big, big patch. Uh, they've added a ton of new missions. They've added the ability to transmogrify your items so you can make them look like other items if you like a particular style better they've added um four new expeditions the time limits on expeditions have been removed the in-game store has been reworked so you can now re-roll your legendary gear and you can basically buy random legendary gear kind of like the gambling option in diablo back in the day uh they've also done a ton of little tweaks and improvements and fixes uh, they overhauled the class system, so it really does seem like um, you know they're they're sticking with this game. They've announced that there's a new expansion, a full paid expansion coming called Outriders World Slayer, as well. So 
Um, the new update's out. It's called Outriders New Horizon. It's been out for a little over a week as of this recording. So um, check it out if you are interested in Outriders or the looter shooter genre, I guess. Very nice. Well, um, yeah. So Riot Games just surprise launched a League of Legends RPG and rhythm game. Because um, that's what we needed. I don't know. You, you didn't know you wanted it. But well, now that just, it exists. It's just like Epic just recently bought Harmonix, which I yeah. was th thrown for a loop on that. Do we have that story somewhere? We that, do that... later. It's in, in the business section. All yeah. right. Well, well, we'll talk about that later, but weird. All right. Um, so there you go. So Riot Games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have looked at the League of Legends RPG. I haven't played it yet. Um, I think it's about a $30 release, which, you know, isn't, isn't too terrible of a price point. So, uh, I definitely want to give that a shot. Um, this is, this is kind of a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't story, I think. Uh, it turns out Forza, Forza Horizon 5 has had a money, uh, an economy problem where people were buying the Willys Jeep because it was the cheapest vehicle in the game and one of the things that you could do with it was drive it around get some skill points and get a free wheel spin from spending those skill points and then that would get you you know a nice car or some money or whatever and people are just doing it over and over and over so they would buy the buy the jeep cheap play with it enough to get the wheel spin and then take the the stuff from the wheel spin and just buy another jeep and keep doing it so uh the Playground Games guys and girls, I guess, uh, patched the game to remove that exploit. But players now have figured out that there are accessibility options in the game that basically auto-steer and auto-throttle for you. So hmm. if you were uh, you know, either a child, maybe, or if you had a disability where you needed that help, this was a way that you could play the game, which I think is a wonderful intention. I'm so glad to see uh, games adding these options because I want you know everyone to be able to play and enjoy games. Uh, but unfortunately, players figured out that they could basically set up a race, a custom race, where you just basically drive in auto-drive through the race over and over and over and get XP for doing that. And then as you level up, you're getting wheel spins and things like that. Now, you know, in the article, PC Gamer uh, uh, talked about this, that it's kind of silly because you just actually play the game for a couple hours and, you know, get even better rewards and more more stuff. But I guess people are just leaving this running for days at a time in order to wow. <laughs> uh, stack up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Stack stuff up. So yeah, that's um, nuts. Like I say, I just feel it's a little bit unfortunate they're abusing the accessibility features because I do think that that's something we need. But um, hopefully Playground Games will be able to find a way to offset that a little bit without taking away the accessibility. Yep, yep, yep. I, I agree. And, and you know, accessibility is, an, is important. Um, and speaking of accessibility... Uh, yes. Microsoft's head of gaming has hope for future of em emulation. Uh, this article is interesting, and I looked further into this. So Phil Spencer, boy, howdy, is he just like our spirit animal? He, um, 
he came out recently and was talking about so what this has to do with is microsoft just launched 70 what was it 76 i think uh it was somewhere over 70 it was over 70 new or not new but 76 or 70 titles over 70 i can't speak over 70 titles as part of their backwards compatibility program but they've they've announced that this is the end of their backwards compatibility program and I did a little digging into this, come to find out the reason why they're ending this isn't because they don't want to do the work anymore, is because they've literally hit a wall on licensing. And if you think that there's a game that you want backwards compatibility on to be able to play on modern stuff, they've probably tried to get a hold of it, and probably they've been trying for years to work the licensing deals out and just could not hit, go any further. So the reason why they've stopped is these these last 70 plus games were the last ones where they literally could not get any more done because they've 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 legally there's there's no other way that they can move forward on anything else. And so Phil's attitude towards this is frustrating because when you look at the music industry, when you look at the movie industry, when you look at any of these other industries, television, there's a history of pre- preservation of these things or or um, updating them or remastering them or keeping them available. Like you can go and listen to music, you know, from forever and a century ago, you know, when people used to have to listen to it, you know, they only had access to the radio or maybe they only had access to, you know, a record or, you know, all of this music or, or maybe you could, you know, back during a time where you could only hear it live, you know, you can hear all this music and all and see all these movies and shows from years gone by, but you can't with, get with games there's these licensing problems when it comes to games. And so his, his concern is, is that the industry can work together to figure out a way to properly preserve these things in a way that is legal, but also continues to preserve them as they are. And, you know, we've seen this time and again with like Rockstar's games where they have all this licensed music that, and, and modern releases of those games, they can't have that music in there. Which is frustrating for people like myself who still have copies of the original one and can go load them up in a console and keep playing them because of the nature of how the older media works. You can't carry that over into the new media because of unfortunate licensing interference. So he's a, he's a team player, Phil Spencer. I, I, I appreciate his, his efforts and what they're trying to do with Xbox it's sad that the program had to hit a halt, but who knows? Maybe, maybe in the future, there is something that the industry can do to to help. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, I uh, I sincerely think that you know part of the problem here is is greed. Frankly, that you know there are license holders who uh want to get paid to you know have that content available and i understand that but uh they want to get paid more than is economically viable for these games to come back to market because they need to be at a ten dollar fifteen dollar price point they're you know they're just not gonna no one's gonna buy them for forty dollars so are very few people so um, it's a shame but hopefully like you say we'll see some improvement there uh, one of the other kind of uh, bits of news around Halo Infinite, we got confirmation the campaign won't be out until May of 2022, and the Forge mode may not be coming until August of next year as well. So, bit of a wait there for the 
other pieces of Halo Infinite. Yeah, so they're talking about how um the yeah, the co-op's probably going to come before the forge mode, which I think is probably going to have people a little bit more frustrated. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I I mean, forge mode is is a big deal both from a technical, you know, it's got to be difficult to do, but also um it's a big deal because that's what gives the the game its legs, you know, is is all the user created content. So, for sure. Uh, we did get confirmation, and oh my gosh, the backlash on this one's been been loud. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six, which is in development by Bethesda, will only be on PC and Xbox. No PlayStation or Switch release i mean i'm not really surprised i i don't think anybody should be surprised but apparently there are a bunch of playstation owners or or fanboys uh who somehow believe that microsoft would still release the game for playstation and they have been disabused of that uh expectation i think pretty clearly yeah, I mean, and it, it, I, I agree that it kind of sucks in a way because, you, you know, you want to be, you know, people people have put all of their eggs in one basket. But I mean, with the with the trend that, you know, you see, we're seeing so much of Sony stuff being dumped onto the PC, I, I really do think the writing's on the wall, but that's just my personal opinion, so. Yep, yep. It'll be interesting to see. I think it'll take a while, but yeah. Um, there was news that some steering wheels are still uh, not working with Forza 5 Horizon on PC, but a fix is coming for that. Uh, I put this story mainly in because I know um, I have a, a handful of friends that play with wheels. Um, I personally, although I have a really nice racing setup, play with the controller on Horizon, because I think the game is just does not lend itself well to uh, playing with a steering wheel. It's just too arcadey, but that's just my my take on it. Uh, I'm glad to see that they are supporting that. So moving on, we have uh, a decent amount of retro news this week. Uh, first of all, the Mr. FPGA platform uh, or, or DIY platform, perhaps, uh, has a PlayStation 1 core in development that is making uh, what I feel like is extraordinary progress. Uh, the game, the emu or the core uh, now boots and plays multiple PlayStation One games. It's certainly far from complete, but uh, making big, big strides. So that's really exciting to see. Um, we also got word that Shenmue Two, the U.S. Dreamcast prototype was found and released uh this was one that had been sort of known about but nobody had a copy of it until until now so that's kind of exciting for game historians they did do a re-release of shenmue one and two when they released three for modern systems so you can get them on pc uh as well as xbox and playstation these days the polymega which is a maybe infamous is the right word, uh, video game console. It is a retro console that allows you to play 
um, many different disc-based systems, or it has cartridge adapters so you can play different cartridges. It is intended for you to play original discs, original cartridges, though, but it is using software emulation rather than a, a hardware emulation like the Mr. Uh, they have announced they are bringing out N64 support for it, though, which, while exciting for people who own this, they are a year or more from fulfilling all their pre-orders, it seems like. So they've still got a ways to go to get, get the original system in people's hands, so it seems a little premature to talk about a another new um, product that they'd be coming out with. Hmm. This next one's kind of fun. Um, so did, how much, did you watch a lot of the 20th anniversary stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah. did the website that they have where you can kind of go through your, your personal timeline as well as like the timeline of Xbox as a product. Yeah, so uh, a bit of a random piece of news. There's a, in the Xbox's 20th anniversary metaverse, they acknowledged that time that uh, Microsoft tried to acquire Nintendo. Um, I don't think a lot of people remember that, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a funny, just like little nod to the fact that that happened. Um, along along the same lines, too, during the 20th anniversary, Xbox celebrated the GameCube and the Dreamcast during its its time, really kind of just acknowledging a, a great era in gaming in the late 90s and early 2000s with console gaming, so... Yeah, and well, and my, a lot of people forget Microsoft was very involved in the development of the Dreamcast. They wrote Correct. the operating system Windows for it. CD. They, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, weird. Yeah, so so there was quite a bit of uh, crossover. I I think that led to Microsoft eventually doing the Xbox once Sega. I mean, the, the, the when you when hardware. you look at when you look at the controller for Xbox, and then you look at the controller for Dreamcast, the concept is very similar. Mm. Very similar. And the very, design. Very, very true. And the design yeah, of I mean, the four uh, ports and, you know, so. Yeah, the, the Dreamcast was so far ahead of its time, in my opinion, that, that I think Microsoft took kind of the, the easiest stuff. They left behind things like the VMU. Um, they left behind the online service, although eventually they added it back with Xbox Live. But... Well, it had, the, it had the two memory card ports on it, and so did the Dreamcast controller. had the two mm -hmm. slot ports on it, you know, so... Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, just a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, Zelda Twilight Princess is now 15 years old. Uh, if you remember, this is the one that had uh, Link paired up with a wolf. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess that means the game's 105 in wolf years. Since, you know, wolves are seven years uh, for every human year. So getting on in, in wolf years, I guess. <laughs> um a little bit more news about gta uh trilogy the san andreas version actually seems to have an unfinished vr mode included in the game um no word on whether we're gonna see modders you know finish that off but i suspect it'll happen um so we may be able to play san andreas uh in vr not too too far in the future oh shit here we go again <laughs> All Meta, right. which is the renamed Facebook, has uh, sort of hint, er, shown a new product that they've got in development, which is really interesting. Want to talk a little bit about this guy? Well, first of all, there's a meme out there that uses the Avengers like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange about uh, 
Just like, <laughs> did you see that one where you know, oh, yes. it's, it's yes. uh, Peter Parker being like, uh, hi, I'm Google, and it's like, oh, I'm Meta. Oh, we're using our made-up names. Well, then then I'm Alphabet. <laughs> Just like, right. hey. uh, yes. so, so essentially, Meta is coming out with their own power glove. Um, you know, there's this uh, this haptic feedback glove that they're they're trying to do that will let you actually touch things in the metaverse. This is kind of interesting. Um, I know that there has been a lot of development already around like the Ready Player One technology, which is kind of fun because a lot of people thought that the Ready Player One stuff was kind of fake. Um, but even even his Omni treadmill that he used in the movie that was real. That was a really real developed piece of technology that they used in the movie to help um tell the story um and some of the haptic feedback time like vests type stuff a lot of that stuff actually exists today it's it's primitive by comparison versus what is in the like ready player one for example but the haptic kind of feedback um technology is in the process of being worked on and it's kind of cool to see that they're actually trying to do something with gloves that that'll actually make it so that it can seem like you're having a tactile feedback to things that you can touch or that you can pick up uh, and grip. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. It's a very it's a very um, cyberpunk looking glove that they have pictured here. Um, so you guys can go uh, ch- take a look at that with their with their with their power glove, I guess. Yeah, I. I... It reminded me of um, there was an old movie called uh, Virtuosity, which had Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington in it. And it was a a, a sequence in the movie where they go into VR and interact with Sid 5.7, who's the ultimate serial killer, Uh, was supposed to be a training thing for cops. And he somehow gets out into the real world, which is, you know. Uh, that's the basis of the movie. But the headset they used was basically a headset I worked on in the 90s uh, called the Forte VFX-1. So it's funny how, you know, the movies kind of take that existing technology and then adapt it and and try and use that for what we think the future is going to look like. So it's neat that um, Ready Player One, you know, did that as well. So, All right. Uh, explain this next one, please, because that's I don't you, I'm lost. <laughs> so there is a new Skyrim VR mod that claims to harness your brain signals to boost your spell power in the game. So you have to strap on a specific device. Um, it reads your brain waves, and if you kind of hit the right mental state you get a bonus to your in-game uh uh mana pool so i don't know that you're gonna want to strap another you know expensive device on your head while you're in vr you've already got a headset on but i think you know long term this could be something that we see built into the headsets where it actually allows you to uh, add another way to you know interact with the game so really interesting nice um a lot of a lot of interesting vr stuff coming up though um hitman 3 pc vr support uh confirmed coming next year so you can yep. uh you can assassinate in vr um yeah there's also a deep rock galactic vr mod that's going to be in the works 
And uh, looks like Microsoft Flight Simulator finally has VR controller support. So there, that's pretty slick. Yeah, um, they got a uh, headset support fairly early on, but you had to use a keyboard and mouse or a, a joystick with the game. But now they've got the controllers, which is great. Um, um, we got Lucky's Tales surprise releases on uh, Oculus Quest 2. So that's fun. Yeah, I, this I, is... I've liked the Lucky's games. Those are fun. Yeah, well, and Lucky was originally a VR exclusive game, so it's kind of fun that he's come back to uh, to VR. Um, Demio, which is a we're talking about uh, tabletop simulator. Demio is an RPG that you are playing around a table in a with a like creepy dungeon master who's kind of walking you through the the game. But they're adding a new dungeon and a new class uh, this year, and we've only got a, a, a few weeks left in the year, so very soon. And it looks like uh, that new class is a bard, so mm. you're going to be able to, to sing your way through Demio soon. <laughs> this game does have co-op, and, and it supports uh, pancake mode or, or regular you know, screen mode. Yeah, so, I, need uh, to get my hands on, I need to get my hands on this one still. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I've played it. I played uh, a little bit of the first dungeon uh, right when it came out, and uh, I very quickly surmised that it needed to be a multiplayer experience to really get the most out of it. So mm -hmm. I, I haven't gone back to it, but I'd love to play it again. Well, then maybe I should pick up a copy and we can play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A um, couple more uh, VR stories. The Quest Lab, uh, excuse me, Quest App Lab, which is basically their open store the the normal quest store is closed you have to be approved by oculus you have to go through uh, a pretty rigorous approval process in fact by most accounts but they have app lab which is open to anybody and it now supports both in-app pay payments and dlc so you can have a full game that's on app lab uh, and it is officially sanctioned uh way of sideloading games essentially onto the quest so that's nice. exciting and this last one, uh, Medal of Honor, is uh, was a VR exclusive title. It's kind of funny to me because, of course, uh, EA has Battlefield, but a lot of people forget they also have Medal of Honor as their World War II shooter uh, brand from way back when. And they came out with a VR game, gosh, six months ago now, that was a full-price $60 release, which is very unusual in the VR space. It unfortunately wasn't great. Um, but they, they have now ported that PC only v PC VR only game to the quest. They dropped the price from 60 to 40 bucks. They made it cross buy, which is really nice. So if you already bought the PC version, you get the quest version for free. If you buy it now, you get both versions for that $40 price point. The one problem <laughs> that has come up though, is it is a... 60 gigabyte game yeah it's kind of a doozy yeah yeah and the quest 2 the original launch quest 2 was a 64 gigabyte device which means you could barely fit metal one, one game on your quest 2 uh so oops maybe maybe that wasn't the best purchase they've since discontinued the 64 gig quest 2 and re-released a or released a 128 gig, and then they also have a 256 gig. But uh, you know that that doesn't leave a lot of lot of room. Even so, if half of your 
headset is being used by one game. Jeez. Yep, yep. All right, on to some Nintendo news. A lot of a lot of randoms today. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yes. did you know that Link can actually get sunburned in Zelda Breath of the Wild? Yeah, this is crazy. Like five years later, we're still finding out new things about uh, Breath of the Wild. New new features. Um, that's pretty wacky. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I knew I could get electrocuted if I had piece of metal out when a thunderstorm rolled in but i do love the rolling weather mechanic in that game it's actually quite quite cool how it all shifts and changes so it's a lot of fun yeah uh this next story was kind of an opportunity to talk about two things that i'm a big fan of uh the first is shin megami tensei which is a the latest installment in the shin megami tensei series this is also the series that spun off persona um, which I love, the Persona games. And uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is the first new installment in the series in, I think, 10 years. Uh, at least eight, something like that, uh, since Shin Megami Tensei Four came out on the 3DS. So uh, Five is out. It's a Switch exclusive. And there is a lovely lady uh, who's uh, on YouTube. Her channel is food for dogs all one word. Uh, food, the number four dogs. And she's in New Zealand, elderly lady who is a huge fan of Shin Megami Persona as well. And she does a lovely unboxing and also talks about history and goes through it. She has a great video where she talks about getting her uh, herself a Xbox Series S and how much she loves Game Pass. Um, and she's just a charming, charming lady. So uh, well well worth uh, a view or two if you get a chance to look her up food for dogs so um and apparently i don't anyone who's played animal crossing i think knows how much it sucks when you bang on a tree to get some fruit and the wasp nest comes down and you get you get stung and all your all your the residents of the town make fun of you for like three days because you, your face is all swollen from the bee sting. So apparently, though, with the Animal Crossing New Horizons 2.0 update, um, you can get a new item called a pergola. It's a large trellis of flowers. Uh, and if you run to it, the wasps can't get through it. So it becomes like your shield from the wasp swarm if you can if you can stick some of these pergolas up around. So uh yeah, something some other way to avoid the wasps I guess is always good if you're a pers or a, an animal crossing fan. Well, moving on All to right. tech news, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um one thing that I thought was pretty interesting, LG TVs can now stream games through GeForce Now, which opens up uh, a lot more people potentially to play some great PC games. So I called this many years ago when we started seeing stuff about game streaming services and um, the different stuff like that. Now, I know that like <clears throat> there's Google Stadia, there's Amazon's Luna, which, you know, you can get a controller. And if you have Google's... Um, Oh, what what the dongle thing, the Chromecast. Whoa, hey. Sorry. <laughs> hey. If you have a Chromecast, you can stream to like your TV. But I, you know, Jim and I 
you know, we, we saw the emergence of this with like the NVIDIA Shield TV and how small that was. And it was like, how easily do you think you could bake something like that into the hardware of a television to where, you know, your, your TV comes with a remote and a controller? You know, just like, that's it. Like you have the remote and then you have a controller. Well, and, and we called this back when, when the, the, the Shield Portable was coming out, the Shield tablet and the TV and all this stuff, even... Even before all the big streaming stuff. Now, granted, back then they had that one streaming service um, that was a flop. Um, oh, um, uh, on live. Yeah. So like on live yes. was like a thing, and it was like the first of you know it was the first of its kind really to do something like that. I think there was something on like the late nineties, early two thousands that kind of like would download the game to you and you could play it. Um, there was some kind of like game stream service that was like that back in the day. I forget what that was called, but. Um, mm. but like with the emergence of like this rapid technology, I, we called it back then that, you know, you'd be able to do this and here we are, you know, LG TVs can now stream games through their NVIDIA GeForce Now app, which is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's probably only going to get more like this. You're probably going to start just seeing natively this kind of stuff getting baked into these, uh, high end TVs. So. Yeah, and Sony did it with uh, PlayStation Now back in like 2016. Their 2016 era TVs had the client built in. The the problem though is is that was it, uh, an exclusive ecosystem, right? So that right. was like that was Sony's technology working with other Sony technology for doing Sony things only. Mm -hmm. This is like Nvidia is partnering up with LG. It's a different company. Yeah. You know, so it's not even and and the, and granted the Sony stuff cool. I'm I'm glad to see that they did that, but again, that was very like proprietary. This is not well. And they've they've since discontinued it because it was not successful, right? Because you're you're taking such a small portion of the market, very people small. who have yes, yeah, PlayStation now, and then combining it with an even smaller portion of the manga of the market who have brand new sony tvs so you're talking about a handful of people and granted i even i think that the geforce now stuff is also a small corner of the market because the geforce now stuff has been around since before stadia since before mm -hmm. luna and yet they're mm -hmm. they're still the quiet ones out there right like they're still i think luna's even quieter like you barely hear anything about it but they're still pushing their product um which i think is the right thing to do you push it to the people who are interested in it and then you kind of and google Google came out with this huge fanfare and it kind of like blew up in their face. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what, how this market develops. I think, you know, internet technology has been very slow to improve in the U S which is the biggest thing holding this back. So, um, one thing, this one was kind of interesting. There's a survival game called Icarus coming out. Um, and that's, you know, that's not news at this point. We've had plenty of survival games. The big thing was that their recommended specs for the game include 32 gigabytes of RAM on the PC. By the way, their minimum specs is 16. Yeah. So they're, they also have a minimum graphics card of a 3060 Ti. Um, so well, that's, obviously that's, this is... That's, that's recommended. They're, they're oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, their yes. their minimum is a 1060 GTX. But 60, still, yeah, yeah, still. So I I just thought this was interesting because you know we just had a new generation of consoles come out last year, uh, very slow to be you know widely available, unfortunately. But 
this is the first time I think we've seen this kind of big leap in recommended specs on the PC side, and I wonder if it's the beginning of a trend or or how quickly we're going to see this uh, continue to evolve. Well, what I want to know is why so much RAM? Like, why why would a game like that need that much memory? I Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I certainly suspect that part of it is we need 16 gigs for the game and any computer with only 16 gigs, a bunch of it's going to be used by the operating system, other processes you have running, things like that. So it may well be that they're just close enough to, you know, they need 14 gig, but a 16 gig machine isn't going to necessarily be able to uh, accommodate that. But I don't know. Very That's my guess. Yeah, very interesting indeed. All right, what else we got here? Um, another kind of fun one, Hellblade sets Se Senua's Sacrifice. I always struggle to say that. I want to put a T in the name for some reason. Uh, got a free update. It adds some accessibility options, but maybe more interesting from a technical perspective, it now has ray tracing for reflections and more realistic uh, uh, lighting, as well as DLSS support, which is the NVIDIA technology for improving frame rate. Uh, using AI upscaling. So did, if you... Did you know that you can uh, xCloud this with touch controls on a phone? Wow, that's pretty wacky. <laughs> I believe the, these... the the um, I believe these additions are only on the PC version, not the console, so you wouldn't be getting the ray tracing. But that's right. really interesting. Like, I don't know how... I, I'm trying to picture it with the touch controls. That would be... That would be interesting. I have to give that a shot at some point. All right. Moving right along. Uh, business and legal section. Star Citizen has now raised over $400 million. And they're approaching a decade of development. Um, yes. And Mellified, you're, you're one of those $400 million supporters now, aren't you? I am, yeah. Well, you guys, uh, there's... A Table and a couple other of our community members are, I would say, pretty big into Star Citizen, certainly more so than anyone else I know. And you guys have been talking about actually playing a game and enjoying a game, which is something I've not heard from anyone previously, right, about yeah. Star Citizen. I've well, heard horror stories, but I've never heard anybody say, oh, there's a game there that I can actually go play. Well, so that got me interested. Yeah, and for what it's worth, the the, uh, the free fly weekend or the free fly week that they've been doing has added a lot more people playing, um, which has increased like the um, you know the server loads quite a bit. So the game's been a little bit buggy, more buggier than normal as of late. But uh, most of the times when it's just regular average playing time, usually we can go in and we'll get a few missions. We'll go and and raise a whole bunch of money and. Like I've uh, I've bought all kinds of stuff in game, you know, already. Like I've got my own. They call it a cyclone, but it's really kind of like a warthog from like Halo. You know, it's a it's a two man seater with a third gunner that you can have, and you can go and do ground missions with it. Um, you know, this week I did a lot of dog fighting, which was a lot of fun. Um, but with everybody kind of being in there, it kind of uh, can overload what they've already got going on, which is unfortunate because the free fly weekends are supposed to be times to get people more interested in it who have never played it. But you get so many more people in there, it starts breaking it a little bit more. And um, I know I'm not really making a case for Star Citizen by saying these things, but... Um, well, I, I think the point you're making, though, is really important, which is that the 
game experience that people have during the free trial is not the game experience you get when you buy the game and play normally. And I think a lot of the hate that the game gets is probably from people who have only tried it during these free fly weekends or free, free fly periods where, you know, they're stress testing the servers for Cloud Imperium games. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's serving a purpose, but it's not necessarily giving you a good representation right. of the normal game experience. Right. And I think, um, I think too, it'll be interesting because it, it's, uh, I mean, it's still in their alpha state, but they've comparatively. So I, for full disclosure, I backed this game originally way back in like 2013, 2012 or whatever it was when it was first, mm-hmm. first one on Kickstarter, I backed it and I threw down 45 bucks, got like a starter thing. So I've been in this thing from the beginning, but I haven't put any more money into it up until earlier this year. I upgraded my package to get a, a freelancer ship um, so I could have a freelancer because I like that. But I only threw in just enough to like upgrade my package. So it's not like I have my original package plus and so I don't have two ships. I still only have one ship. I just upgraded from the one to the next. Um, but I'm still like, you know, under a hundred dollars in investment, um, myself. I know like our, our, there's a friend in our community here. He's spent over a thousand dollars on the game already him by himself. Um, and that's, and you know, and that's, but you know, that's up to people though. Like if that's how people want to spend their money, I, I think that's, that's, um, fully on them to do that, you know, and we can still judge them for it. Sure. But I mean, it's still their, their choice to do so, <laughs> but, um, they're not hurting anybody by doing that, right? Obviously. And that's and that's that's the kind of the point I was getting at is like if that's what they want to try and invest in, that's up, oh, that's on them. And so I definitely have seen it. So like so you know I used to be very critical of the game for those who have been following my career and podcasting and streaming for years and stuff <laughs> like that. I've certainly been critical of this game in the past. I still have criticisms about it, but there was a certain point where I I explored the game with a with a with our friend that we've been kind of talking about. And once he really kind of showed me some things and then I saw like the latest update that they did, I became convinced. I was like, there is a game here. I can go and take missions. Things are persistent. I earn money. I can go use that money to buy ships. I can, I can earn millions of, of, of credits in game and go buy some of the biggest ships in game without spending my real life money to buy them. I can actually go and they'll stay persistent until they do their their next wipe for the next big patch that they push. Sometimes they have to clear out some of the databases, but anything that you buy with real money stays tied to your account 100%. And so. I think that's that's Im- an important distinction though, right? Cuz one of those things that's been a very controversial in the Star Citizen community is people paying real money for the alpha currency that you earn in the game and can buy ships in the game with but those that all of that is ephemeral right you if if they decide to do a wipe which they are almost certainly going to do in the next six to 12 months because they're doing major patches certainly when 4.0 comes out as expected next year i would i would think they would do a wipe so all of that money that you would have earned all of those ships that you bought with that money in-game money that you've are going away. So right. why on earth would you spend real cash on that stuff? Go buy a ship. Absolutely. <clears throat> Go right. buy a, a with real money cuz you've got that forever. Uh, you know, but that's that's the part that I don't quite oh. understand. I don't know that if everyone is, you know, paying attention frankly to those details. Right. 
No, a hundred percent. And I, and I completely agree with you on that. So anyway, good times, interesting stuff. Uh, star Citizen, and love it or hate it. It's, it's part of our gaming culture at this point. <laughs> so, well, I, I don't think like, like I said, I, I feel like for me, the fact that there is actually a game to play was frankly a shock to me. I had no idea that it had actually gotten that far because all you ever hear about is the negativity in in sort of the press and popular culture. So the fact that, you know, we went on a mission last night. We ran and we killed shit. We went into a, a, a base where terrorists had taken over and we, we shot them up. Now, we had some problems along the way, and I have a great video <laughs> that I'm going to share in our Discord showing some of the, uh, the craziness. But um, we actually, I mean, the times when it was working, we were having fun. Oh, yeah. And that's the part that was like, oh, there's a game here. There's something I can do here. This is something I do with my friends and enjoy it. It's not just, you know, like a pyramid scheme, which is what people have been out alleging about it right um for a while now so i i i've been pleasantly surprised with it in my my experience for what it's worth right on brother well we'll definitely get into more of it and if you guys have any interest in star citizen feel free to come over to our discord at discord.otherworlds.gg we'll uh we'll do some screen sharing and take you on a tour if there's a free weekend maybe you can hop in with us and we'll uh, get you on some ships and we'll go go do some drops so that'll be fun yeah and i i saw that they have one of the the nicer starter packages for like 40 bucks 45 bucks right now so you know if you did want to get in it's it's not terribly expensive certainly no more so than a regular pc game yep and the cool thing is you can upgrade your packages too so like even if you uh, so like for example i've upgraded my package and let's say i wanted to try out a different ship that might be cheaper that money stays credited on my account so I can actually swap things around within their ecosystem. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's yeah, nice you don't to be lose able to, anything. Right. It's nice to be able to have that. So I can like, I can play with it. Like I can try things out. I can do stuff with it. And that's what some people have done. Like, um, you know, our, our friend BD four, who's in our discord, he, he's, he spent quite a bit of money on it, but he's got that money in his account to where he's actually been able to sell ships back to, sig essentially and buy different ships and play with them and try them so um it's been it's been pretty cool so yeah yeah well um let's move on with some other stories uh the zombie that is the atari company today is uh going to be buying up moby games and i put this story in here not so much because i give a crap about atari but I actually really respect Moby Games. They have been taking the credits from video games for the last 20 years and building a database of them and cross-referencing people's uh, contributions to the gaming industry and linking them back to a common profile. So you can go and see my profile on Moby Games and see all the games I worked on and all the credits I received. And even they even do the special thanks. So I was thanked on a couple games that friends of mine worked on that I helped out with as a tester or, you know, giving advice. And so, you know, it it's a resource that is nowhere else in the industry. And they've been working on it for many, many years. And I would hate to see anything happen to that. So uh, hopefully, you know, Internet Archive or somebody has a backup of the site so we don't lose anything if Atari decides to to mess with it once they own it for sure 
Uh, let's see here. NVIDIA CEO brushes off AMD's massive new graphics card. Every year there's an NVIDIA killer. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, this just reminded me so much of when I worked on WoW and every game was going to be the WoW killer for 10 years, right? Every game, right. every MMO that came out was going to be a WoW killer and none of them ever were. Um, obviously, WoW killed itself <laughs> rather than anybody wow. else doing it. Yeah, well, kill itself plus all the other shenanigans going on at Blizzard. But yeah, well, uh, Blizzard's also killing itself. But that's yeah, yeah uh, maybe maybe a, a topic for a different day. But um, all of which to say, you know, I do think that uh, we have, you know, sort of a, a an arms race going on in the industry right now. We've talked a little bit about it before in relation to. Um, Intel getting into the graphics card market. A NVIDIA has got a lot of over uh, government involvement right now because they are buying ARM and people are nervous about that. What's that going to mean for the industry? So, uh, you know, I think NVIDIA is maybe being a little foolhardy brushing this off, but uh, time will tell. They've certainly been very, very successful for many, many years. So... Yep. Um, speaking of NVIDIA CEO, he also mentioned that he doesn't see an end to the chip shortage anytime soon. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's going to be an interesting thing uh, with manufacturing and stuff like that. It'd be nice to see uh, new manufacturing open up around the world to help uh, combat some of that stuff. But who knows? Who knows what we'll see with that? Yeah, and 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 we've you know the thing is we've heard the same message from a few different sources, and I I. I feel like it's getting a little repetitive, admittedly, but I think it's important to realize that everyone's giving us the same message, so don't expect it to get better. Uh, especially this being Black Friday, big shopping weekend, uh, you know, it's impossible to buy a PC graphics card. People are buying whole computers because it's cheaper to do that than go on eBay and buy, you know, the graphics card they want. They buy the computer and rip the graphics card out of it. Yeah, basically, basically the joke is kind of like this. It's like, you know, buy a new graphics card, get a computer for free. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, gosh, I, I sure hope that it improves, but it doesn't seem like it's going to in the short term. A um, couple other quickies. Microsoft uh, surprises probably everyone that they've still got the T Halo TV series uh, in development, and it's actually coming out in 2022. So we are going to see this. This was worked on back in, uh, gosh, probably five or six years ago now for, as a Showtime exclusive. But, um, you know, Microsoft really has stuck by this and finally, you know, seems like they're going to bring it to light. So fingers crossed it's good. And uh, so <laughs> customs officials seized... 7.6 tons of fake Pokemon cards uh, that were headed to Europe. And so, I mean, I guess it's good they're taking counterfeit items out of the marketplace, but I don't, I don't really ever think about Pokemon cards in terms of tons. So it just seems like insane. Like how many Pokemon cards is that? Well, and and for what it's worth, I know I know I'm a little bit younger than you, Mellified, but like Pokemon was cards were popular when I was in middle school, so it's mm. kind of like I don't understand why this is like even a thing now. Like where where was the business investment that said Pokemon cards? Let's manufacture a whole shit ton of fake ones and see what happens. And it's just like so so while while it's crazy that they seized that much in fake cards, 
I'm just impressed that that many fake cards were made to begin with. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair point. Well, one of the dirty secrets uh, that happens um, is that the same factory that builds or, or builds a product, or, or in this case, prints the cards, are also selling them out the back door at a discount. And that's where a lot of these main, these counterfeits come from, is they're not really counterfeits. They're the exact same thing. They're just sold through the gray market rather than the original, you know, company. Um, so no honor among thieves, I guess. I guess. Uh, and this story I know you, you thought was really interesting, our last uh, business and legal story. Yeah, I um I'm fascinated by the fact that Epic has acquired Harmonix. Um, you know, Harmonix famously known for making rock band. They're being acquired, I guess, presumably to work on Fortnite. So that's a thing. They did say that any existing stuff that they were working on for any other rock band stuff they're still gonna do, but some people are asking if that means they're gonna be making new or um different instruments, and of course that's not the current plan, but um yeah, it's uh, all their all their existing games that are not Rock Band will still remain where you can get them, such as Steam and stuff like that, and on consoles. But um, it, it's such a weird uh, partnering of studios, I guess. I, I don't know how to say it other than that. Yeah, yeah, and and it sounds like you know Harmonics. One of their, I guess, maybe biggest strengths is having the contacts in the music industry to do all the licensing. And it sounds like that's really why uh, Epic is buying them, uh, is so they can get more stuff in Fortnite, more concerts, and more big events using those contacts that Harmonix has. So um, I'm sure they wrote a really big check, and the Harmonix owners are going to be very, very happy uh, with with the amount of money they're gonna they're gonna make. All right, so our, my favorite section, I don't know about you, but the funny and strange articles are always a, a good time. True true that. What do we got? What's first on the Oh, dog? my gosh. This, <laughs> this first one, I was not aware of this, and I thought it was a fun story, but uh, Obsidian did a Final God challenge when they released Pillars of Eternity 2, and basically what it... The, what they were doing was basically telling people, hey, the first 12 people who kill the final boss and the super hard ultimate boss in the game, the first 12 people who do that, we will engrave their names on a plaque in the Obsidian office. And 11 people did that, 11 of the 12, but they all did it using one or two particular subclasses. So of one class. So it was like everybody beat it the same way. And so the design director, Josh Sawyer, upped the ante in 2011 and basically said, okay, if, you know, the last person, if you want to be the last person to make your name on the plaque, you can't use that class. You have to use a different class. And if somebody does it, he offered to sing... The Dolly Parton song, I Will Always Love You, as part of the prize. <laughs> so the video is out. It is on YouTube. He's wearing a blonde wig. 
uh, and singing this song as a tribute to Pale Shelter, the player who beat this super hard final boss using a Troubadour Chanter uh, class instead of the Priest class that everybody else used. So Ricardo Pale Shelter Novello was the player who did it. And I just thought this was was super fun. Um, Joshua Sawyer, as it turns out, has done uh, music. He did some music in Fallout New Vegas, uh, which was done by Obsidian as well. So apparently he's a a multi-talented creative director there at Obsidian. So Fantastic. Yeah, just super fun. One of the other uh, stories we have here is that um, Earthworm Jim is... You remember Earthworm Jim, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Earthworm Jim emerges one more time for a new animated show uh, coming out, which is interesting because, uh, from what I understand, there is a development happening on a new Earthworm Jim game for the uh what's that console that tommy tellerico is making right now um uh miko yeah the essentially he bought that company or he's the ceo of that company or whatever mm-hmm. it is now and so they're making a new amico which actually looks pretty slick and um i guess that they've got an exclusive deal to make a new earthworm gym game exclusively for the new amico so, hmm. which is actually pretty cool. Um, but I'm I'm actually really excited about this. I loved Earthworm Jim growing up as a kid. I, I I played the crap out of both of those games. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, so very very tongue in cheek humor. I mean, yeah. Very, so I'm I'm ex- I'm I'm glad to see that kind of make a little bit of a comeback there. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um. So if you uh want to this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek but there is a metaverse gamer graveyard that somebody's made game gamer graveyard.gg uh you can basically bury a friend and you get to create a little gravestone for them. and the idea here isn't so much to be serious and actually have a real memorial to your uh, fallen friends but maybe to more tease them or joke around a little bit, but you can walk around this graveyard and see uh, all the different things. People have put in gravestones for things like Club Penguin, uh, the MMO that Disney shut down uh, a few years back. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a fun little thing. It's a neat little website, very 8-bit styled. But uh, if you need to memorialize something gamer related, now you now you have some place to go excellent um so when you picture sonic the hedgehog yeah what do you think he smells like uh i've never considered that (laughs) i don't think most i don't think most people do but apparently (laughs) apparently he smells like cactus fruit and leather apparently Citrus. Fruit. Cit- cit- excuse me. Citrus fruit. I read that wrong. Citrus fruit and yes. yes. Yeah. This is a line of, I guess, cologne uh, that a company has come out with. They have partnered with Sega, and so you can have a Yakuza cologne that was created for the night and will have you smelling like the Tojo Clan's finest crime boss. What a tagline! Um, they have a Shinmu one. Yep. Yeah, another Shenmue story, oddly. Uh, <laughs> but 
yeah, it's uh, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I you know, it's interesting to sort of think about how you would describe video game characters if you know to someone who never seen them, but I've never thought to to talk about how they would smell. So, uh, untapped market, I guess. <laughs> Um, uh, the, the other, speaking of really strange, no, we've done, we've talked about some really funny ones. Like there's the whole, um, like the, the gamer, um, refrigerators, uh, some of these other just wackadoo gamer themed kind of things. Yes. Well, now, now we've got the, the most unlikely of Black Friday sales for a gamer chair Excuse me, I think what we really mean is Gamer Chase. <laughs> this yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so it's essentially a chase, which is like a chair with a long like uh, seat for like your legs to go up on. So it's just a very... If you're not, if you're not... Uh, like a one-person couch cul- with a back. Like, right, if you're not really cultured... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And most most people yeah. won't, but it's got a drawer for your books and board games, and it's got these little pull-out stuff. I mean, it's a clever-looking thing, but I I also find it to be absolutely just downright silly. So, Well, and even more silly is you're not guaranteed to be able to buy one. You have to buy, sign up for the chance to buy one, and it's $4,000. So, so I, you have to – a chance for a chase? Yeah. Yes, yes. But, uh, I mean, just – you know, it's funny to me that gaming culture has come so far that we have these specialized things that are being marketed to gamers, even when they're just silly, right? Um, whether it's cologne or chaise lounges uh, for gamers, it's just crazy to me. Uh, there is somebody doing some science, and they are using two rats named Carmack and Romero to play Doom. Um, they're essentially seeing if they can train these rodents to uh, effectively play the game. Um, okay, you know, sure. Uh, a little bizarre, but but kind of fun to think about. I love that he named them after the creators of the game, though. That was cool. Very much so. All right. Um, I will take our second to last story here, our penultimate story. Uh Reggie Philami, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly, uh, I think I am, uh, admits that he bought an Xbox over the GameCube originally. So before he worked at Nintendo, he he bought himself an Xbox, and it wasn't until after he got the job leaving Nintendo of America that he bought a GameCube. So I thought that was kind of funny. It is funny. Um... Then this last one here is kind of interesting. Um, so Elden Ring, if if you're not familiar, Elden Ring players are already tricking bosses into falling off cliffs. Um, I guess apparently during this last weekend or, or a few weekends ago, uh, during a closed network test, players found a way to lure bosses to their unlikely deaths, which is like the best way. It's kind of like they goroed, you know, the, these bosses. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who've seen the original Mortal Kombat movie from the 90s, that's what Johnny Cage yep. did. Essentially, they lured Lord Grow to a cliff after racking him in the nuts. And uh, 
So players are have, have essentially been doing that. So yeah, and and Elden Ring, if you're not familiar, it's coming out I think uh, in February, if I remember correctly, and it's a open world Souls dead or uh, yeah Dead Souls type game. So hard, hard, you know, timing based combat, lots of blocking and dodging. Um, but it looks uh, like they've got some work to do to uh, shore up their their uh, AI for those bosses. Very nice. Well, I think that may, that's a wrap for our news uh, this this time around. It very much looks like it. There's quite a bit of news, but we got through it all, and this is fantastic. Um, we have some game servers over on our Discord that you guys can check out. We have a Minecraft server. We have an Unreal Tournament 2004 server. Uh, we've been playing a bunch of games together. There's no real server support yet for 2042, other than you can do some co-op stuff in there. Um, the game has uh, still got some interesting things that they need to tweak, but I have been finding the, the co-op single-player stuff to be a lot of fun with uh, Mellified, for example. We've played through a, a bit of that. Um, been playing through a lot of the Halo open beta for uh, Infinite, uh, which is out right now, and then the game officially comes out on the 8th of December, um, so that's a lot of fun. So we've been having a good time over here playing a bunch of different games, Forza 5, for example, so if you're looking for some fun, uh, family-friendly people to play some games with, come on by, discord.otherworlds.gg, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in our next episode. This has been episode number 42. Yeah.